Hi, this is uh, Joseph McElroy. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Wise Content Creates Wealth. You've heard that content is king. Well, wise content rules the world uh, because it understands the needs of its time and uses the tools of those times to make things happen. This podcast is about understanding how you can make wise content. I am, like I said, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, and I'm a marketing technology expert who has built multi-million dollar companies, and I'm also an award-winning content producer. Be sure to go to uh, wisecontentcreateswealth.com to sign up for my newsletter and get access to the resources to help you produce wise content. Now today, I'm going to, since this is the first episode, I'm going to introduce you a little bit to uh, wise content and give you examples. Then we're going to, I'm going to introduce my uh, good friend, Jerry Ashton, who's had a lot of wise content episodes and successes in his life. Most recently, uh, Rest in Peace, Peace Medical Debt, which got to $50 million in, uh, in uh, a donation recently. Um, and, uh, and then he's got some new things that he's doing. So we'll be talking about that. Now, at the end of the show, I'll try to give you some practical advice on uh, you know, resources that uh, you can use to help uh, further your journey along in uh, building your wealth uh, and opportunities from the content that you produce. So what is wise content? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a term I actually coined, and I've been using it for, in our business for a little while. And, and, and we conceptualize it as a piece of content or content process that launches careers, creates empires, gets man to the moon, popularizes new world religions, and builds financial wealth. A good example is uh, JFK did a speech about going to the moon, and six years later, six years later, man was on the moon. And of course, you've seen viral videos and things like that that immediately launch people into the stratosphere of influencers. Um, so how do you create it is really the exploration here, uh, you know, understanding what it is and then how can you go about creating it? Because a lot of them have been accidental flashes in the pan or, um, have, uh, you know, over time unexpectedly produced the results. But, you know, we live in an age of data and artificial intelligence and behavioral science and, uh, Many, many tools to help you make content into a more productive enterprise for your company. That's why things have come into existence like content marketing, search engine optimization, um, behavioral targeting, all these, these, uh, these uh, you know, big tech kind of op- uh, oppor- um, uh, processes are producing content that are making companies very wealthy. But you can take advantage of those as well, uh, even for a small startup. You can do things that will make you successful with your content. So uh, I'm going to give you some examples. Um, let's start with something that happened, you know, that started out in the 1930s. There was a cult movie called Reefer Madness that was actually created in the, as an educational film in the 30s uh, that was to, to, uh, to uh, warn you know, teenagers away from the dangers of marijuana. Um, and it stuck around in some forms over, you know, 30, 40 years until in the 70s, it started getting passed around again as satire. And it really hit a chord with that generation uh, to, 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 to make them laugh. 
And it got, and it became one of the first of sort of viral videos. It got passed around and shown uh, to such extent that the company that was putting it out there and doing that became a successful company. And today, you know that company is New Line Cinemas. All right. So, um, you know, it got started from something that had been around for a long time, found and repurposed it for new, new use and a new audience, and boom, it blew up. That's the secret of wise content. Sometimes it's as simple as taking um, content that you already have and realizing that there's a better way to target it and a better way to use it in a different audience. Um, it reminds me of a story in the marketing space where there was a company in Canada that was selling cigarette, uh, cereal, cigarette cereal that on the box, it was a picture of square like checks like uh, uh, cereal. It was square, and it was like the biggest seller in Canada uh, of cereal. But they wanted to figure out how they could make this cereal sell more. They thought about changing the taste, making different versions, you know, all those sort of things. But they had an intern come in and just make a new box. And on the box, all the intern did was turn the cereal on its corner, so that it was a that it was a that it was a it was a diamond. The cereal increased sales dramatically, just changing the box. People thought it was a new new cereal or they thought it was just cooler the way it was. That content change created a dramatic increase in the sales of that cereal. That is, again, you know, understanding what the needs of your time is. The, the, the intern was obviously young, had a different outlook and knew what people, you know, people eating cereal would want and made something successful happen. Um, other, uh, some of in my personal experience, uh, I had a client called Layla.com, and they were wanting to um, sell clothing and other things to uh, women and mothers, all right? And they had a, a behavioral algorithm that would supposedly match people up to, to the things they wanted. They need to get, get, get out there and get awareness in the, in, the, in the space. So they hired us to do search engine optimization and also social media. Well, at one point, they decided they needed to do a Mother's Day promotion, and they wanted to get people to sign up to get something free. Um, and so they asked us to figure out how to do it. Well, we did some research, and we went through the analysis of what um, mothers were wanting, and we found that uh, mothers were looking for free things a lot. Um, and so we thought a free promotion would be great. And then we had to figure out how to, with very little money, get it gone on a wide scale. So we, we decided to use social media. We did a little research and found that during a certain time period of the day, most mothers were online looking at their social media. And we also found that there was these, a bunch of these free sites that would copy each other and automatically and offer the same promotions over and over again. So we strategically did a tweet that during that time period, that got picked up by the free these free offer uh, sites that replicated it on and on and on. And within two hours, two hours, we got 50,000 people to sign up. That's wise content. That is what you want to have happen with your content. It's a combination of understanding what people want, having the data to make decisions, and actually being able to produce the content that they will desire. Um more stories. Uh, I did a I did a performance art piece online. I you know I was a I was a technical guy, but I started playing with some things in the uh, the performance arts piece place, 
And while I was not an artist, I was, you know, I was investigating the whole art scene and doing some things. So in, in, in about 2000, 2001, I started doing these online little funny videos and I got to understand the, 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 the channels that artists were using online to promote their, to put their, their pieces up. I got to understand the kinds of things that people were enjoying. And so I made a sort of a funny little performance art piece and I put it up there after a series of doing many of these. And this one hit and it went viral. And all of a sudden I was in museums. I was in shows all over the world. I had people coming, studying me on how I did things. And I had to fake like I'm an artist. Um, now I then took that that skills and those things, and I really you know applied a little bit more, and you know actually have a, a side side hustle as an artist. So I'm a, co a content producer. So you not only can create wealth with um, with uh, wise content, you can create reputations, you can create opportunities, you can create signups. Again, it's understanding that we live in a viral age, and you can take this to a huge scale. Um, so now quickly, let's move on. I'm, uh, this is my first podcast, so I'm uh, maybe not as smooth as it should be. But I have a good friend. His name is Jerry Ashton. Back in the day, uh, me and him partnered on uh, create, trying to create something called American Indian TV. And I'll let him tell you a little bit about that. But currently, he's the, um, he's the uh, co-founder and chairman of uh, Rest in Peace Medical Debt. Debt. And he's launching something new, uh, which we're going to talk about later. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. And thank you so much for the invitation to your very first inaugural show. <laughs> thank you for being here. We've been around a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad that you're having great success here lately. Yeah. Yes, I've been very fortunate. Um, so, I wanted, to, I wanted to dispute one thing that you said, however, and that is your artist and your artistry and fake it till you make it. Yeah. Uh, behind me happens to be three pieces of art that I purchased from you years ago. <laughs> well, I pretend to be a little bit humble about it. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you are in, I'm a, I'm a, and by the way, I'm a bill collector by training. So I've kind of shortened that to collector. It's yeah. much more. Much more, you know, glorious. Yeah, so you're a collector of your art has been one of the pleasures in my life. Collecting you as a friend, a second to that. You're a great friend collector. I can attest to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he used to have a house out in the Hamptons with a beautiful pool and go out there. That was like, yeah, you know, that was the day. That's why I kept you around as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to, why am I here? I, I well, think, I wanted to, uh, you know, why don't you? Why don't you just give a little bit of your history? I think you have an interesting life history. So, you know, uh, and tell people where maybe content along that way helps you out, right? Well, I can absolutely uh, do that. And by the way, we're coming close to one of your breaks. So I'll sort of give you a hint of what that's going to be about. All right. Then after the break, we'll be able to go in further into the theme. Number mm -hmm. one, you're talking about the word wisdom. Yes. I hate to tell you this, but wisdom is gained only by experience which isn't always a lot of fun i i get that yes get that i mean for everything that you're doing great it took about five things that you didn't do so great to be able to arrive at that point yeah well my art thing the art thing that i did i was talking about you know i had done many pieces before that before this one hit you know the uh so it's it's exactly true there's a you know 10 years of work going into producing 
that. But, you know, people can use data and other people's wisdom to shortcut the process. True. And what you're talking about is it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes 40 years. (laughs) So I'll elaborate on that when we get back from our break. All right. Sounds good. Hey, welcome back. This is Joseph McElroy at the uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth uh, podcast. I'm here with my friend and uh, wise uh, entrepreneur, Jerry Ashton, who's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, further about wisdom in wise content. And uh, let's say that the purpose of your series as you're going to be doing here, obviously, is to help people make more money, to create wealth. Mm-hmm. And that's why you go into business, presumably, is that you're going to add wealth, you're going to be able to improve your life, your family's life, etc. And I don't have to tell you how many entrepreneurs fail. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of that educational process that I told you about. So uh, I'm happy to serve as the best example for you as someone who did that. And also to say, here's the benefit of failing forward. Okay. Okay. So... You talked about how New Line Cinema Cinema took this idea and reformed it, rethought it. And you also talked, I think, about the, the, um, uh, what? Layla. Which one? Layla. Okay. And, and, and you were rethinking how to do something like that and approaching it differently. That wouldn't have happened if you didn't have experience on top of your enthusiasm when i when my company cfo advisors back then first brought you on board to help us with seo and things like that uh you were even then you were considered top of the line and i won't even talk about how many years ago that was but imagine (laughs) imagine the amount of progress that must be in your world now once again and i know you and i know myself it's always based on sometimes one Step forward and two steps back. Well, let me. What do you think a young entrepreneur could do who doesn't have our worldly experience do to take get the get wisdom enough to, to create some content that will go viral? Because you know, you know, uh, do you think uh, there's resources out there for them? I think that the best thing that anybody can do is first of all not know it all. Yes, that's a good start. The second thing is to locate those people who do. Not know it all, but know enough right? That, that they will be able to further whatever it is that you want to do. Now, I'm going to give you some brief history of Jerry Ashton and the charity I co-created called RIP Medical Debt. RIP Medical Debt is a 501c3 nonprofit started in 2014. Uh, fast forward to... 2021, at the end of 2020, our charity had bought in enough money to be able to buy and abolish um, $3 billion worth of medical debt. That's incredible. $3 billion. A couple million people were possibly affected by 
this thing that I created called RIP Medical Debt. Now, this RIP Medical Debt itself wasn't my idea. I simply repackaged an idea that I picked up in Occupy Wall Street, of all places. Uh, When Occupy Wall Street came about, and that's only a few subway stops from where I live in New York City, I went down to find out what all the noise was about, and I began to resonate with the message. They got bailed out. We got sold out 99%, 1%. In other words, the the inequities that exist from 10 years ago that are still going on right now. But the inequity that touched me most was their interest in medical debt. Now, I'm a bill collector, and I work for medical providers in collecting money for them. So here I am, I'm in Occupy Wall Street, and they're complaining about the fact that, not that there's medical debt, but the fact that it even exists. How can a civilized society allow its citizens to go bankrupt just because they got sick or they got hurt? Right, yeah. So I heard that, and I listened to that, and I started rethinking things. And which is going to be later on in the show, I'll tell you this new venture of mine called Let'sRethinkThis.com, in which I'm taking the idea of rethinking, just like you do, and putting it to work. Well, so, I, think that would, I think that's, a, I think that's a, an incredible, yeah, it's an insight into wise content, is, is that even somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience, if they go into a situation where people are talking about problems they have, and, 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 and they don't have solutions, even the, young, the most you know, neophyte, like that intern at that, uh, that uh, Canadian cereal company, can use their uh, culture awareness to understand that, hey, people are doing this thing. They're, maybe they're using TikTok now or something, and, that, you know, and, there, and there could be a solution that would u- use that. So even, even at the, that level, that, that's, you know, that rethink concept is a part of wise content. Well, that's so very true, because I want you to know, uh, viewers, listeners, that where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. And I've always been of a mind that grow where you're planted. There must be some reason you have this particular skill, this particular talent that you're attempting to express through business and sometimes in other ways. So, excuse me. So to take advantage of that means that you better get aware about certain things. Uh, Maybe being too focused on your answer isn't really helping you be the answer to somebody else and where the real need is. So I certainly uh, did very well for myself as a uh, collection intervention specialist, someone who had Johnson Johnson and his clients, Gannett newspapers, helping them bring their money back. And now I'm in a world of charity in which, as I point out, and let's rethink this, I walked into Occupy Wall Wall Street as a debt collector, I walked out of Occupy Wall Street as a debt forgiver. Wow, that was so. You you created the first uh, uh, iteration of this nonprofit while in Occupy Wall Street, and they did some of this, right? Yes, that's correct. Cool. <clears throat> the way it happened is that I re- I resonated with the work that was being done by a special group there, 
and serve to be able to be of assistance, consulting, back office, that type of thing. And then when Occupy Wall Street began to dissipate, being chased out of Zuccotti Park, uh, it was pretty obvious that they were not going to maintain that interest or that activity. So I reached out to a partner of mine, someone you know as well, Craig Antico, uh, in the collections industry, and I said, we can't let this happen. We need to, it's too good an idea to take medical debt off of people's backs who can neither, neither afford it nor will ever pay it. So when we created that charity, we had what we learned. We learned about debt. We knew about that. We also knew about software. We knew about medical debt markets. But this new idea of approaching it from the point of view of forgiving it, that was just a little different from our programming. It was kind of weird at the time. I remember that. It was like, it, it was not, it was a, actually, it sounded a, almost a little nutty. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the compliment. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's very fitting. I mean, it, like, uh, here I am, like Craig's wife at one point, she says to him, and we're going broke trying to start this charity. And she says, why are we going into debt, getting other people out of debt? Oh. <laughs> questions like that were very annoying, but, you know, they point out, what the hell are we doing here? So in our case, we were lucky, and we're going to talk about this for your entrepreneurs out there, what it takes to create a successful organization. No one cannot, no one would ever say that a charity that abolished $3 billion worth of medical debt for a couple million people was anything other than a success. But to crown it off this last year, we were given a grant of $50 million to abolish more medical debt. Regrettably, I already retired by that time and my Swiss bank account was closed, so I wasn't able to take advantage of any of that. <laughs> uh, you're still on the board and you're still successful and uh, have that success on your on your resume. That's, uh, That's right. Now, the, question is, you, you know, the story of how that came about, you told me, and I, I think it's incredible. You know, start with the fact that you were the first two years you guys didn't do anything, but then you had a book. That is correct. We created a book, much, and that's going to be part of this rest of this conversation. Right. Is awareness. If people don't know about you, they can't do anything about you. So, how to get awareness? Just like what you do for people, get them awareness. So, awareness is the first thing. Uh, that is. Once you've got a product or service, assuming it's good and it's workable, so what? If nobody knows about it, they're not going to invest in you. They're not going to employ you. They're not going to use you. They're not going to be your fans, partners, donors. Who knows? So awareness is the first thing. And in our case, since I had a background as a Navy journalist, I knew we needed to have a calling card for RIP medical debt. So my partner and I at that time, Robert Goff, former director of the uh, University of Physicians Network in New York City, he and I decided to write a book called The Patient, the Doctor, and the Bill Collector. (laughs) The unholy trinity that exists in America, and only in America, where doctors cause you more pain by billing you than they do by fixing you. So when we wrote... So we wrote that book, and it was primarily written for us. Anybody who knows publishing knows that it's Vanity Press. You know, you're not going to be New York Times. 
until my next book, New York Times material. So the function of that book is to make people aware of you, to give you some credibility. It's part of your pedigree. And you might say something intelligent within the toe covers as well. So that's pretty important. I think think the idea of seed content, content that sets the stage for what comes later is incredibly important, right? Even if 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 it's a content that's not going to be viral, the one that's not going to be, you have to start building sometimes a credibility. You have to build, you know, the precursors that make it make sense that you've introduced this other thing. Right. Or or that seed, uh, like you said, that seed content gets finds a place to take root and then blossoms, which is that's right. And, yeah. and your job is to make sure that you put something in the mail. Yeah. No. Or the email. <laughs> or email or a website. Yeah. Or in this case, on the desk of somebody who will look at that book and cause you to become viral. Yes, so, on a grand scale, right? And that's, I think, the uh, the uh, most important thing that we can talk about next. Uh, uh, when you come back, we're going to find out where this seed landed and how that propelled Rest in Peace Medical Debt into the next level and made it a huge success it is today. Thank you, Joseph. And yeah. it is a thriller, so stay tuned. <laughs> This is Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth. I'm here with my good friend Jerry Ashton, and we were just talking about the seeds that grow into viral uh, opportunities. Um, and before we get in that, Jerry, you know, I thought um, one of the things that you know, uh, not too long, but how do you go about creating the the content and and a, 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 a vanity book? Because I'm thinking about doing it myself. And it's something I've never done. So, you know, if you wanted to give me a minute or two, uh, some, uh, you know, overview of that, that'd be great help, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'll tell you what works for me, and maybe it'll translate to your work, too. If you're going to write a book, um, it can't just be content-oriented. Uh, how to. How to do this. How to do that. That's well and good, but you can Google the hell out of things and you don't have to buy a book to know how to do certain things. So in my case, the book called uh, The Patient, The Doctor, and The Bill Collector, it was really more of a cause as well as content. Because my cause or my mission is to make people aware of a problem, aware of solutions, what to do about the problem. So when I wrote the book, uh, co-wrote the book, Patient, Doctor, and a Bill Collector, we shared chapters. He would do a chapter, and I would do a chapter, and each of us would do a chapter that addressed a particular subject. Now, obviously, in one of my chapters was a, was a piece on what to do when the bill collector calls. How, what do you say? How do you respond to that summons and complaint? How do you, how do you handle this world of the, the leg breakers? So, mm-hmm. That is called how-to. The important thing was the education I was providing about the overall 
purpose behind <clears throat> not only the fact that debt exists and why it exists and how it exists, but how to change that world. And you can only change it, first of all, by becoming aware of it, just like we're talking about awareness now. And then it's being so touched by something that you're required to educate yourself further in it. And it's by education translated into action that causes things to happen. So the book was action-oriented. You should do this and you can do that. The second, one of the other chapters addressed the fact that he and I and Craig Antico, this is Robert Goff, I and Craig Antico, had in mind and had created our IP medical debt. And that we were addressing the problem of medical debt. And we didn't know where it was going to go. We didn't know how many people would uh, be aware of us. Or aware of us or take advantage of us. But I said, this is what we do. We go out, we take a dollar, and we buy $100 of medical debt, and we forgive it. And this is our website. And... We sure hope it succeeds. And that was the, that was the essence of that chapter. Mm-hmm. So Robert Goff gifted that book to, <clears throat> sorry. Sorry about that. Robert Goff gifted that book to his attorney in New York City. And the attorney in New York City was sitting at her desk one day and a call came in from last week tonight with John Oliver, the HBO program. And they were calling her because they were calling around the city trying to find attorneys with a legal background that would give them permission to do something unbelievable, and that was to forgive debt on John Oliver's show. (laughs) And she says, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Have you ever heard of HIPAA? Blah, blah, blah. But she says, however... And she has our book on her desk. Uh However, these are the people you might want to talk to. So we got a call from HBO, from their offices. We were invited down to HBO, Craig and I. We sat around the table with the producer and the the lawyers and this and that. And we said, what are you trying to do? And they said, well, we bought $15 million worth of debt uh, in Texas, and we want to use it to make a point and a comedy point as well about how bad debt collectors and debt buyers are <clears throat> and how we're going to out Oprah, Oprah, like, <laughs> you, know, you know, Oprah gave away $7 million for the cars. We're going to give away $15 million for the debt. And I said, well, <clears throat> we said, obviously you can't do that without being a 501 C three. Only a 501 C three can forgive do any form of forgiveness with no tax consequences to the recipient. Otherwise, you would be subjecting to these $15 million worth of debt to these people to a bill that has to be paid. So we're equipped to pay that. And by the way, we were able to pay that because we re-engineered our collection software. So instead of sending out collection letters, it was sent out forgiveness letters. (laughs) So they said, okay, Tell us more. And every question they had, we had an answer. Uh, essentially, they they donated the debt to us, which cost them $60,000. Uh, 
They then donated to us enough money to cover the cost of sending out the letters and doing the programming. And we said, and, and, and they're going to feature, the, they're going to do this on the show. And I said, you know, it'd be nice if you t- mentioned us. <laughs> and they said, that's not what we do. And we said, well, it would be nice. You know, we're here to serve you. We're here to be of help. It would be nice. And that was it. So, <coughs> excuse me. So the night that the TV show was being shown, this is about two and a half, three year and a half, three and a half years ago. Um, my wife and I are sitting in our living room in New York City waiting for John Oliver to come on. We have a split of champagne between us. And the idea is, if he mentions RIP medical debt, we pop the cork and we'd celebrate. So it's a 30-minute show. And for the first 25 minutes, he's lambasting the collections industry and everything else. And finally, he gets to the point of unveiling this wonderful gift of his. And sure enough, while he does that, above his shoulder appears our logo. All right. Our IP medical debt. I invite people to go to uh, to Google or to go to um, YouTube. That video is there. All right. Or that comes up and he says, "We're doing. We're donating this to RIP Medical Debt so that people will not be consequent. You know, tax free. Yeah, by that. And our website crashes." <laughs> And it was because just that logo and just the fact that we abolished medical debt, some of the people leaned forward. What's this? And they called. Everybody wanted a piece of the action, right? Which is one way or another. Yeah, this attract. Now, this is the second part of your message. It's one thing for you to be people being aware of you, but you've got to touch them. You've got to engage them. Your message has got to be important to them. It's got a, a touch and emotional cord with them. It's you know, it's not just um, it's not just the intellectual. Uh, you know, content. You know, we do a lot of things in travel. We've done a lot of things with travel. Marriott being one of our clients, right? And there's this thing called memorable tourism experiences, and there's seven emotional cords that make a tourism experience memorable. And a big part of memorable tourism experiences is anticipation. And you touch the same emotional cords. So when you're writing and doing your SEO and you're doing the things that you're going to do, you know, for the content, you're wanting to, to make sure that you're touching two or three of those emotional cords so that when they, re- they read it, they'll, they'll, they'll be more likely to take action. And when we've measured it and seen a 20 to 50 percent lift in the rates of opens and engagement and conversions from that. So it's a very important point you're making there is that emotional connection with the content. So very true. So mm-hmm. now, by the way, what I'm talking about, I learned from retrospect, thinking back of how, how it came about that we became the success that we were. It wasn't until I analyzed the different things that happened that I came up with the four most important things for a business. Mm-hmm. Awareness, that you're touching people, that the content engages them, it's important to them. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is you have a responsibility, and that's to educate them. Right. 
Now, people who watched that show, the first thing they did was go to our website. <laughs> well, the big thing there is to be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. You know, if you get a viral hit, you got to be ready for it. Yeah, be ready. So we climbed out of the ashes and put the website back up. And because that website up, and people started Googling us, is this, is this a scam? Is this a joke? What's this all about? We had detractors come up. We had people say, it's, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it was required on our part to educate them. So mm-hmm. the first educational aspect, access that most people have is your website. Right. The second is anything else you've written. So what we did is we created a second book <laughs> and Medical Debt. There you go. Okay. Now, this is where we really have the rubber meets the road type thing. So that when people came to our website and said, who makes you the authorities? I would simply say, well, I wrote the book. (laughs) (laughs) How's that sound to you, buddy? Okay. So uh, education, education, do do, uh, seminars. For example, RIP Medical Debt is famous for its uh, yearly uh, s- summit. Yeah, We had a virtual summit uh, in October. And in that virtual summit, we had people that came there just to hear the experts talk about this, to argue about it. And I think it's important to, to, to really emphasize that is that in almost every endeavor, you got to establish, you got to establish some authority. If you're going to get that viral, you can get a viral list, but you're not going to get anything happening for you, right? Unless you also establish the authority that, that, that sh- people should take an action with you. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad that's interesting that you did both the book and then the, the comp, the, 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 uh, the, the uh, tra- whatever, the uh, seminars. seminars. Yeah. <clears throat> now, another thing too that we did before the break, and then I'll go into more detail about more to complete how this is going to help your, your listener, your, your viewer. Uh, you have to be audacious. We, we started out by saying our goal is to abolish a billion dollars of medical debt. That, the reason we said that is because it was impossible. And now $3 billion later, why would I think, why was I thinking so, so low? So that's important. Secondly, what we did is we went down to Washington, D.C. And with this book, and we set up an evening called End Medical Debt, and we delivered, hand-delivered to every office of the Senate and the House a copy of this book and inviting them to come to an evening called End Medical Debt. I hate to tell you how, <laughs> many, sh- I hate to tell you how many showed up, but we made our yeah. point, and we got press. That's, that's where we got into uh, um, some very good press. And in fact, we've had... Um, New York Times, PBS, I mean, you name it. Last year alone, RIP Medical Debt had 900 different pieces of media written about it or involved. That's an important lesson to learn is when you have a a viral event, the the value of that is not actually the event. 95% of the value from that viral content comes after the fact. And how you use it and where you send it and what you do with it, how you keep repurposing it, and keep analyzing, cut and paste it, doing all sorts of things with the, the event itself, the content from the event, and just the fact that it existed is important. And when we come back, we'll talk about those lessons learned and then what and then what uh, 
where the new new places that Jerry is going. He'll finish up the story of how they got their $50 million and then a few things about where he's going. Then I'll, I'll finish up with some oper- you know, some things for you guys to think of. Hi, it's Joseph McElroy. Welcome back. I'm the host of uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast. I'm here with Jerry Ashton, who's telling us a little bit about a big viral event on the John Oliver show that led to uh, the dramatic growth of his nonprofit and, uh, and to quite a lot of money this year. So, Jerry, you were talking about the, 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 the after effect of the show and the, and the way you leveraged that, that show and the content from it into uh, getting a lot of publicity. Yeah, we, uh, we know that it was lightning in a bottle. Who could possibly have imagined that? Uh, we were struggling financially, trying to get the charity off the ground. It still had the same premise. Give me a dollar, I'll abolish a dollar, $100 of the debt. But once again, unless people understand or know about it, what do, could, you're dead in the water. So we, uh, we're we building a, a statue to John Oliver, I want you to know. So <laughs> I think somebody else has already done that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do want to point out to the entrepreneurs out there and the business people out there that the idea of putting on, like we did in Washington, D.C., an evening called Let's you know, End Medical Debt, that itself was built out of my early years of being uh, in the debt collection industry where I created a uh, afternoon workshops or one day workshops called in search of money. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what I would do is I would reach out to prospective clients and say, I've got a workshop and it's hundred dollars or whatever price tag I put on it at that time <clears throat> and come and, and get your collectors educated. And so the good news is for a low price, they come, they, the the that the bill collectors on staff, on their staff would get a day off and they they'd sleep through my workshop but the beautiful thing is that I would follow them home and yeah. that's the idea once I get an understanding just like with collecting names or off of your social media you follow those people home yeah. hey if you think that was good let me tell you what I can do for you in person right so you might want to put that into your list into your equipment into your quiver. Yeah. One of the things I put to work. Now, <clears throat> the idea, the uh, what I'm going into now, which is based, of course, upon all the experience of RIP and previous, is something called "Let's rethink this." No one here in this audience will doubt the fact that in America, we need to rethink a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I'm saying to myself, how can I take the wisdom? the knowledge, the understanding I picked up in this past RIP medical debt and apply it to a larger audience, a larger need that's out there. So I said to myself initially, well, what I could do is I create, like you are here, uh, the idea of a, a of audio, a visual blog, a Zoom blog, whatever, <clears throat> and introduce people to people who are rethinking things. So my intention initially was to search out those people who were thought leaders who at one time or another 
had done either a 180 or a three degree, but they made a change of mind, which created social impact. The key here for me being social impact, not financial. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not disjointed and they can be. Well, joined. Wealth, wealth can be social impact, in my view. Wealth doesn't have to be just financial. No, as a matter of fact, wealth is the, the backbone. It's the mother's milk of philanthropy, the mother's milk of venture capitalism. It depends on where that money is spent, as you well know. Mm-hmm. So in my case, what I wanted to do was locate those people who created social impact because they were willing to change their mind about something. And these are going to be a series of interviews that will be featured on, excuse me, that will be featured on letsrethinkthis.com. Uh, for example, the very inaugural uh, interview no. I <laughs> Have you ever heard of this guy? No. This guy is Wendell Potter. He's a uh, an executive in the insurance company who turned into a whistleblower. Oh, wow. Okay? And he showed how healthcare and corporate America are killing us mm-hmm. based on him being a front man for their organizations. Do you know that pharma spends more money on marketing and advertising than they do on research? Yeah, I sort of knew that they're very, they're uh, they're a very lucrative gig for anybody that gets a pharmaceutical. That's company. right. So people, I never got one, but I'm aware of it. <laughs> so people here need to know from people who have stopped and said, "Just a minute, something ain't quite right here." Mm-hmm. And then, in his case, making a very serious decision, a, a career changing, career ending decision, was to blow the whistle. Now, not everybody has to be a whistleblower. They just want to be a world changer and a game changer. These are the people that I'm looking at. So now it's expanded even more. We're not only going to do that. We're going to be basically not an incubator, but an accelerator for organizations that are out there to make a social impact. And we're fine with them making money. In fact, the more money they make, the happier we are going to be. Because if they're doing social impact, if they're improving America, these are the people that will be featured on Let's Rethink This. Well, thank you. Now, what's the the, the URL for that? Uh, www.let's, L-E-T-S, no apostrophe, L-E-T-S, Rethink. R-E-T-H-I-N-K, this, T-H-I-S, dot com. And uh, if people are interested in uh, uh, working with you or uh, volunteering or anything like that, they can just reach out or be promoted. Yeah. First yeah. of all, re- here's the idea. If you're aware of this now, and if it some fashion touches you, mm-hmm. there'll, be, there'll be a number of people who have already gone to sleep by now, but there are a number of people who said, whoa, tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> So when that happens, now now your job is to educate yourself. So you're going to Google the hell out of Jerry Ashton, out of RAP Medical Debt, and you're going to meet the the team that I put together by going to that website. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Jerry. Uh, I really appreciate you joining the show today. Uh, I'm going to finish up with this a little uh, housekeeping here. I got to promote myself, of course. That's the purpose of a podcast. I have a guys. I have a company called GalileoTechMedia.com. And we're a content marketing and SEO firm, and we specialize in wise content. Uh, we, we Last year alone, for a, a couple companies, we did 40,000 pieces of content. We've had content, like I said, go viral in, in hours uh, and getting 50,000 uh, 
50,000 signups for a free a freebie or uh, we've had amazing success, uh, you know, generating millions of, uh, of, of people viewing sites. Um, so uh, if you, if you're, if you need some assistance and guidance and, and getting that kind of traffic using content, uh, we're the people to call. You can go to GalileoTechMedia.com to find out about that. Um, some insights for, you know, those of you that, um, that want to try to start doing some things on your own, like um, how do how do how do you how do you start coming up with the concept of a book if you don't really have a lot of experience? You, you sort of know your you know you know your field well enough to talk about it, but uh, you know you don't know how to really structure what people are wanting. Go to things like Google Trends. You can start using keyword research and see what people are actually searching for, and that'll give you insights into um, what uh, what what might be the title of the book. You can even use something called Keyword Planner in Google AdWords, which is free, that you can do a lot of research to find out what people are searching for specifically and what the volume is. You can find if there's huge volumes for certain terms and certain areas of endeavor that would make great book titles and great concepts to structure your idea around. So I would advise... You know, to start with those tools to build your content. And then as we go with this podcast, I'm going to give you a lot more ideas. Uh, there's going to be a lot more experts coming in here uh, with great experience to, to stimulate your mind and your, um, your abilities to create wise content to create wealth. So thank you very much. It's been great. Jerry, again, thank you very much. And we'll see you again next week where Chris Boggs, an expert in SEO, a good friend of mine and former pro president of the, uh, the professional organization for search, is going to come on and talk to us about uh, a, a great, great search tactics that we all can use to build wise content. Thank you very much. Bye.